Hi everyone, this is Jennifer Janicek, the Director of Content Strategy for Sound Wisdom, and today I'm here with Kristen Boss, author of the new book, Pivot to Purpose, Leaving the Toxic Hustle Culture Behind, a book that so many people are so excited about that it hit number one bestseller before its official release date, which is quite amazing. So Kristen is here. She's a sales and marketing expert and host of the chart-topping podcast, Purposeful Social Selling. So we're so excited to have you here with us, Kristen, to talk more about your book. Yes, it's so exciting to be here. I'm really excited to talk about it too. Yes, great. Well, um, I know you've said before that you wrote this book you know, for yourself, a book that you would have liked to have read years ago and i'm just curious what do you think is the one thing like if you could return to your past self and talk to that person what do you think is the one thing they needed to hear most when they were in the thick of hustle oh man so much but if i could nail it down to one thing it would probably be um there isn't better in the sense that I think I was, I kept telling myself that my life would feel better. I'd feel better. Everything would just be better uh, once I reached the goal or that milestone. And I realized that all I was doing was just chasing a feeling, an emotion, a, a way I could think about myself, not realizing that that was available to me no matter what. And so just the concept of like the next goal doesn't make everything better is what I needed to hear. Yeah, and I mean, so many people need to hear that, right? That your your value doesn't come from hitting an objective, and you know that that adrenaline you get from reaching the goal or yeah. striving toward the goal isn't really what's making you, you know, that's not creating sustainable um, joy or, or purpose. But working from a place of of purpose is. Why do you think that hustle is so appealing to the point that? You know, and you mentioned it in your book, we all love the, the hustle merch, right? Like the mug that say rise and grind, like boss babe. Like what, what is so appealing that we even want to mark our objects with it? I think it's the concept of like, you know, in actually it's part of our human psychology where um, on the human hierarchy of needs at the very top is uh, self-actualization, reaching your highest potential. And I think we all have that innate desire to um, reach new heights, to achieve something, to be ambitious. And I think it depends on the season it meets you in. I know for me, I um, had a newborn daughter and a son who was 15 months old. I was in just the height of sleep deprivation, exhaustion, kind of a new mom, kind of struggling with my identity. And it felt like this idea of like creating something for me is what I kind of needed at the time. And um, it sounded very, I mean, it doesn't sound harmful when you first look at it. It looks very like appealing and like, yeah, goals and yeah, go for the big things and big dreams. And I think I was at a season in my life where I felt like I'd forgotten how to dream. And I think, you know, the premise of hustle is like, dream big and go big. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's just that we never thought to check the narrative of what happens when we make that the core message of finding your worth and finding your value. And that's, you know, that's what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like, and I feel like you, you mentioned this too in your book that women are particularly susceptible to the appeal of hustle. Why do you think that is? Oh man, I think there is a lot there. I think there is the concept of like, we have to work 
twice as hard to be, you know, noticed in corporate, noticed in the workplace, you know, the, the awareness of like, uh, the gender pay gap. And so it's kind of like, um, instilled in us culturally in society, like women have to work twice as hard. We have to go as go harder, um, outperform outwit outlast type of thing. And so, um, I think as women also, it just tends to, um, I think specifically, mm, I would say, when we are, when we, when we do become moms, I do think there is kind of like this, we go through an identity shift and I do feel like the, the lure of work and goals and ambition and accomplishment is kind of a, can be a distraction from the hard parts of motherhood that feel thankless, that feel like, you know, no one's, no one's giving you an award or recognition for like swapping out the diapers and keeping <laughs> the kids alive. Like it can feel very thankless. So to go out there and feel recognized and feel like you matter, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much that resonates. I mean, obviously, you know, I have three young children and the invisible labor of motherhood, right? Like that, not, not having that acknowledged, but being able to um, achieve, achieve that through hustle is very, is definitely appealing. And also the thing I want to highlight what you mentioned about being able to extract yourself from the hard parts or distract yourself from the hard parts of parenting. There are definitely times when, you know, work can become an escape because you don't want to have to, you don't want to play for a minute. You know, you want to have that space to yourself and that's understandable. But also, as you note, if that's a tendency, we have to be aware of that because it can distract us to the point of, you know, not having that time and space with our, with our family. What do you think that we can do to protect ourselves from this tendency? As women, oh man, I think um, learning to be with ourselves and find value in all parts of who we are. And um, I know for me, I, I talked about it in the book where I learned that when I was really lost in the hustle and working like 60, 70 hours a week, I was avoiding the parts of me I didn't want to see, didn't want to be with, the parts I wasn't proud of, uh, the thankless parts of motherhood or the hard parts, the emotional hard parts. So I found myself hiding in the work, hiding for recognition. And I think, you know, and I talk about it in the book is like finding who you are apart from that, separating yourself from your work, from your productivity and mm -hmm. really getting to know, well, who am I when I'm not achieving? Who am I when I'm not hitting goals and getting recognized? And when we uh, really find that part of ourselves, like it kind of um, keeps us from running, running off to find that elsewhere, finding it in our work and what other people have to say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we don't do as good of work either when we're working no. that way, right? We, it, it can be very I don't want to, I mean, mindless maybe is the right word for it, but robotic, you know, where we're just sort of in the zone and not, not working from a place of truly understanding, you know, um, understanding our purpose, understanding what we're doing and, and giving, giving to others too, because we're not necessarily focused on, you know, the right, the right thing. Um, I want to bring up another concept too, that was really resonant for me. And I think a lot of people creeping normality. So you give that story about you put a frog in a pot of boiling water and it'll jump out. But if you put the frog in warm water and gradually turn up the heat, it won't know that it's slowly dying. <laughs> um, but you compare this to our experience with, uh, you know, hustle, how 
you know, we, we sort of up the ante over time and we don't really, we can become inured to the stress and don't realize how bad it is until we hit complete burnout. So what would you say to somebody who, who, you know, isn't, hasn't necessarily hit the point of burnout or doesn't know necessarily that they've hit the point of burnout yet? Is there something that you would share with them that would help them sort of figure out their, their journey a little bit better? Yeah. I think for me, um, when I was, you know, in that point of like creeping normality, like continually adding the hours, adding more work, adding more stress is I was so caught up in the day to day in the now that I was never thinking like six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, everything. I was very, um, in the moment. And I think the best thing to ask yourself, like truly looking at your day, truly looking at your habits and asking yourself, would I still do this if it was every day for the next five years? Can I see myself still doing this three years from now, four years from five years from now? And for me, if I had asked myself that probably 60% of what I was doing, it was, it would have been an absolutely not, there's no way. But I remember telling myself like, oh, I just need to do this for the next like year and then I can, I'll put my head up and it'll be fine and it ended up you know compounding a lot of problems and you know I kind of talk about the health crisis I had from that realizing oh we're not we are not wired to live this way and and actually living on stress hormones actually it feels good at first before burnout it actually feels really good we're running on adrenaline we're running on stress hormones and so it feels you feel incredibly productive and running on adrenaline can actually be a good feeling but it's not meant to be prolonged over long periods of time so that creeping normality is when you kind of have to be like hold on hold on is this can this is this actually sustainable two years from now, three years from now, the answer is no, you have to make some changes. Yeah. I mean, definitely there's, it takes some real inner work, I think, to recognize. And, and we don't, and you mentioned in the book how, you know, some of, some of the people that you've coached, you don't necessarily want to hear that, right? No. Like you don't want to hear that, you know, that you need to sort of space your goals out a bit, or, you know, you can still dream big, but, you know, hit hitting a more sustainable path and, not completely overdoing it in the in the short term. Um, that's definitely I I get I get no it. No one wants to be told to slow down. No one wants to be told like, hey, extend your timeline yeah. in a sustainable way so that um, you know, I think and I kind of talk about this in the book too, but like it's not just the pursuit of the goal, it's how we pursue the goal that matters. It's the way in which we do that. And so many people are so stuck on like just pursuing the goal that they're not thinking of like the how that matters, who you are being in pursuit of the goal, yes. your experience of the pursuit of the goal. And I knew so many people where in their pursuit of the goal, they had created a truly miserable experience. They were exhausted. They started having health issues. And it's just like, well, isn't it better to enjoy the experience of the goal as much as the goal itself? And that's yeah. kind of the, the mindset shift that has to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think like you mentioned, we can talk ourselves into, oh, you know, this is just for the short term, but the short term just prolongs itself. Yeah. And, and we're just, oh, you know, another three months, another three months, no big deal. But then it compounds and your health issues, you know, all of that really compounds until you just end up in a really bad place. And and you mentioned you know, people might drop their businesses or yeah. drop their professional goals in the process because they just can't do it. Whereas if they had taken a different approach, 
it would have been more sustainable and they would have had more success. Yeah, exactly. I would see people kind of just put their nose to the to to the grindstone, so to speak, and this cranking it out. And then two years later, they might have hit their goal, but then their their burnout is so bad that they end up needing to take a step away from their business and then their business suffers. And some people end up walking away from it entirely because how they built the business no longer even feels sustainable to maintain it. They're like, well, how I got here was horrible. And now for me to maintain this, it feels impossible. So maybe this just isn't for me. So it ends up causing more problems down the road for sure. Right. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely can see that where they might think, oh, you know, this is not for me, but it could have been, it's just the approach. Yes. You know, it wasn't, I mean, that's not right for anybody, right? Because it's not good, not good for who we are. Yeah. So more of your readers, a lot of your readers are entrepreneurs or you know, business minded. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Like, if somebody say I'm an entrepreneur, I'm just starting my my journey. What should I do? What things do I need to know going into this to protect myself mm, for my I'm, own for myself? I should say. <laughs> yeah, I would say there's there's so much I would want to say, but you need to um, lower your expectations of yourself and how long you think it's going to take, how easy it's going to be for you. I think a lot of people come into the entrepreneur landscape thinking like it's going to be fun, exciting and new and fresh. But also I kind of think entrepreneurship is the wild west. You're learning brand new skill sets. You have to be a beginner. You have to learn new things, which means learning new things. There's going to be a lot of failure and a lot of people don't want to um, you know, account for failure or account for things, maybe not going as quickly as they would want. And I talk about this in the book. I'm like, take your goal and whatever timeline you have in your mind, double it. And if you would still pursue it, you have the right mindset to go about being an entrepreneur. But most people come in for the quick, fast cash. It looks flashy and shiny, but there really is no such thing as an easy button in entrepreneurship. So I would just tell people like, don't look for the easy button. Like you have to find out why this why this work matters to you to push through the hard yes and embrace the suck right that was another great embrace the suck. that's another book. chapter in the book yes yeah have fun as you're feeling and learn from it right yes. and yes. enjoy be silly play you know, yes enjoy it enjoy it yeah. and you have so much fun on your you know instagram and your your reels i love how much fun you inject into your business as well yeah. How do you, well, if it can how be do you fun, why bother? Why do it? Yeah. If we're not having fun, why do it? And I just, I think so many, and that's kind of what I see people doing too, is they think like, well, when I hit the goal, then it can be fun instead of like, no, but yeah. have joy in pursuit of the goal. Otherwise, why? Why are we doing this? Yeah. And you also teach people how to really embrace, you know, who they are and bring that into their business mm -hmm. as well right not to be afraid to share different you know sides of yourself and to fun and have fun and play as well and i think you know, sometimes we can get so focused on our goals or being serious or sending a message that we forget to you know to to share ourselves with people and to share our story is another you know point that you highlight like we all have a story and we need to you know we need to share it and embrace it and value it so i yeah. love that yeah um we uh have you talked a lot about the myth of motivation? I have to talk about that in, in this interview because that was something that was really revelatory to me as somebody obviously who works in the personal development space, right? You, you note that you know motivation is a cheap fuel and mm -hmm. a cheap alternative to purpose, more sustainable fuel. And so I want to know, like, okay, 
So does that mean that we can't, you know, enjoy our inspirational quotes or vision boards, or do we need to pair those with something else? What's this new approach that you're? Yeah. So, yeah. So I talk about this in the book about motivation being like kind of a really cheap fuel, mostly because it's really inconsistent. It's rarely there when you need it. A lot of people experience motivation in the beginning when they're planning, when they are doing the dream boards. And I, I think that's great to get the vision going and motivation. I, I always kind of think of it as like, um, you know, like a booster pack or an extra boost, but it cannot be your primary source of fuel mm. because it's not there on the days where, you know, it feels like no results are happening. Things aren't happening soon enough. You feel like, you know, nothing's working. Um, motivation is pretty far behind on those days. It's so easy. And this, I see people talk themselves out of their goals all the time. And they think, well, if I just, if I was more motivated, then I'd be able to hit my goals. And what happens is more people, what I see people do is they go on the hunt for motivation. So they'll listen to podcasts, they'll listen to a training, they'll read a book, they'll do all the, they'll take hours of their day looking for motivation instead of taking those hours and learning to work with commitment and focus and determination and actually moving the needle forward towards their business. And I just say, you know, when you can learn to work from commitment and purpose, like your the inner mission of like, why is it important? I show up every day even when thing, when nothing is going my way, when it feels hard, when it feels mm -hmm. thankless, because motivation isn't going to be there on those days, but yeah. your mission, your internal mission of this is why I do what I do in the world. And this is who is what, um, the people who are waiting on me to show up, that's, that's, what's going to help propel you. And I talk about that more in depth in the book, but yeah, motivation, it's everyone goes and looks for it. And, you know, I'm a motivational speaker and I even say like, I don't even know if I want to be called a motivational speaker because it doesn't last. I'd rather just be like, I don't know. I don't know. There's got to be another term for it. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I mean, it, it if used the wrong way, it can be yep. another form of distraction. It can be just yes. another part of the hustle, right? Like we're distracting ourselves, reading these things, thinking, but they're not, that's not really doing the deeper work that we need to do to be rooted in a really strong place. When we're rooted in a strong place, that stuff can only enhance you know where we're at but if it's only there you know i get i totally get what you're saying yeah it's a fair weathered emotion it's there yes. or sometimes it's not there most of the time yeah absolutely great perspective so okay so one last question because i know we're running short on time um i have to mention the reaction to your book has been amazing i mean honestly i have chills reading some of the comments that you know people have shared what does this mean to you reading the reviews that people have posted, reading the posts that people have shared about their experience with your book? What are your what are you learning from what your readers are sharing that you might not have even realized when you wrote the book? Oh man. Well, writing a book, I think, I think because I wrote this book for me five years ago, when all of this went down, I remember having one thought that really is what started my business, started coaching and was the core of this book is like, well, if I feel this way, I wonder if other people do too. And when I wrote that book, I wrote it for someone that was, you know, in the trenches like I was. And so when they're hearing that it's resonating and they're like, you're putting towards, I've, you know, things I've, I've been wanting to say, or I've never heard, no one's been willing to say it, but someone's finally honest, someone's finally saying it. And so it's one thing when you're writing it, thinking like, 
you know, I hope this resonates. I, you know, cause it feels very insular in the moment mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, well, this is my experience. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then when you're realizing that it's actually quite a universal experience that has, it's, it's, I mean, it's been pretty amazing and it's been very humbling and very, very tender just because I wrote the book from, um, kind of through the lens of some regret, like mm-hmm. this is what I wish I had done differently. This is, this is what I learned the hard way. And so there is that part where I'm seeing like, maybe I'm sparing some people, some of the pain I went through and, um, man, if it could spare them what I had to go through and all that hard, then man, it was worth it. So it's been, it's been pretty, pretty amazing to see. Yeah. I feel like it's helping people fall more in love with the work they're doing again. You know, it's helping them fall more in love with their businesses. Like people might not even realize how burned out they were or that they were working in a place that was not not toxic, was not good for them. But then they're discovering this new way of operating and they're like, wow, this is why I love what I do. You know, this is why I'm working and doing this and building this business. So this has been really fun. Yeah. I think that's been really special to see people realizing, wait, I can have joy mm-hmm. and purpose right now. Yeah. Like I can have it in the, in the business I currently have today with exactly what it is. And I can feel joy on my way in the journey instead of believing that joy is only there for me when I've accomplished the goal. So yeah, people are falling in love with their businesses again and finding joy. I mean, that's, that's amazing. I think it's beautiful and I love it. Yeah. Well, if you haven't already done so, everybody out there, make sure you pick up a copy of Pivot to Purpose, Leaving the Toxic Hustle Culture Behind. It's, it's really a beautiful, beautiful book. And people have appreciated too the, the fact that underneath the, the yep. dust jacket is another um, print of the, of the cover. So it's a really beautiful book. So make sure you all pick up a copy. Kristen goes much more in depth into her story, which is just very raw and relatable. So I encourage everybody to to read it and share your reviews, share your comments. You wanna hear your feedback. Um, Thank you so much, Kristen, for being here with us today. Thank you, it was great being here.